Hello, this is Mark Brown for Beyond the Room at the Centre for Global Mental Health's 10-year anniversary bash. It's their birthday party. The conference is called The Road to Global Mental Health, and I'm here with... Uh, Professor Crick Land. I'm a Professor of Global Mental Health and Development at King's College London, and a Professor of Public Mental Health at the University of Cape Town. So Crick gave a fantastic presentation with his colleague Charlotte Hanlon about um, the ongoing challenges in integrating mental health into primary care in low-resource settings. Now, for the people at home, I want you to explain what a low-resource setting is, mm-hmm. and then I want you to kind of explain some of the issues and difficulties about integrating mental health care and support sure. into primary care in those settings. Sure. So, uh, when, when we think about low-resource settings, typically we're thinking about uh, primary care clinics in low- and middle-income countries, which often have... Um, a real dearth of specialists of any kind, so generally are staffed by non-specialists, typically by nurses, not many medical doctors, and uh, typically don't have a lot of facilities, a lot of challenges around medication supply, um, difficulty with finding spaces to deliver psychological interventions, um, and and often a high burden of care, so long queues, uh, people coming from early in the morning to queue uh, to get basic health care. And so what we've been doing over the last uh, seven or eight years is really testing models for how we integrate mental health care into those settings for um, high public health burden conditions like depression, uh, schizophrenia, also neurological conditions like epilepsy, and uh, substance use conditions like alcohol use problems. So within within countries, apart from the issue of not having very much money in a global sense Mm -hmm. what are the kind of other factors that you see that make that kind of care difficult to provide so there are a whole range of of challenges Um, if we think about the social and cultural environment there's a whole range of diverse explanations people have for their conditions so you know if if you're depressed in in a in say in the UK you might understand yourself as having depression um, if you're depressed living in a township in South Africa or in Kigali, you might just feel life is hard. You know, I'm living in conditions of poverty. Um, life is very difficult. No wonder I feel down and depressed. Um, if you take on top of that exposure to traumatic life events, um, then you have a whole range of social drivers, uh, social and economic drivers of mental health problems. So one of the key challenges in trying to deliver mental health care in the setting is developing or delivering a model of care that's culturally and socially appropriate, right? That meets people's worldview, their understanding of what's going on with them, how, how they understand and explain their condition, and mobilizes local resources to allow them to cope. Um, and also, and I think this is really what's exciting about this whole field of global mental health, increasingly looking at how we address some of these social and economic drivers of mental health problems, you know. Um, should we be thinking about linking mental health interventions with cash transfer programs, which are poverty alleviation interventions? Should we be thinking about violence reduction programs, especially gender-based violence reduction? Should we be thinking about school-based mental health promotion prevention interventions to try and uh, support people to develop resilience living in very challenging circumstances? So this is really how we, how we need to be thinking about delivering mental health care in low-resource settings. So what do, what do colleagues in those countries say to you? Because it's kind of, you know, I, I, I imagine it's kind of quite 
not easy, but mm-hmm. it's kind of quite tempting to have lots of grand solutions yeah, while yeah. we're sitting here, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, just down from Trafalgar Square, really. Sure, sure. Um, but what do colleagues in those countries say? Yeah, so so all of the work that we do is very much partnership-based work. So I'm from South Africa. I live in Cape Town, and uh, we, in all of our projects, when we put together a grant application to a funder to say we want to investigate this particular research question, it's always co-developed with people in countries. So, for example, in the Prime um, study, each country had a principal investigator who led a research team. Uh, to test uh, models of integrating mental health into primary care clinics. And so built into that is often um, a wealth of experience that local country partners have of how mental health is understood in that particular cultural context, for example. Um, what are common approaches to dealing with mental health? How, how are mental health conditions understood and explained within that culture? And, and it's absolutely vital we do this. This has got to be a collaborative piece of work. It can't be high-income countries, so-called experts, going into low-resource settings to try and deliver interventions you know, when they don't understand the context at all. You know? So um, this is, I think, what's really exciting about it is increasingly a lot of these international global initiatives are being led by the so-called Global South. Um, and we're seeing you know, a very exciting initiative that I'm part of. is called AMARI. We, we're training 46 PhD, postdoc, and master's fellows in in uh, sub-Saharan Africa in mental health research, and they will be our future leaders. It's incredibly exciting. Well, that exciting point. I'll say thank you to you. That was great. Great.